and the vortex opens up and we come out of the speed force hey everybody dave here and it is time for flash time on out of the speed force how you doing tonight greg uh you know i'm doing i'm hanging in there considering my new work schedule and uh and everything running on so little sleep this week but uh but i'm here how about you my back has been out for two or three days and i don't know why it just is well i know why it it is today but it's just one of them things where it just stinks oh yeah i've been uh i've accidentally pulled my back a couple of times and uh that's a good week out of my life for me each time that happens so it is not fun no no it's not especially when you got kids you got to keep quiet for your wife Oh no, I would, I would feel bad for my children because I don't think I would be in the best, uh, best moods. Oh, I do my best, but, uh, it doesn't always work out. Huh. So I think it's time that we paid the Piper. Yes. This week's episode, Pied Piper returns. Find out lots of different things about this new Hartley. He had well, a gang post crisis. And he had a boyfriend post, and he had a boyfriend post crisis, which was canonical. Well, it, to the comics at least. Um, I have to say this: I've been waiting seasons and seasons and seasons for uh, for Harley to come back, and uh, Hartley. But uh, oh no, Harley! Uh, no, Hartley. I Hartley. don't know. Hartley. <laughs> it's Hartley. Hartley. It's Hartley uh, an inconvenience uh, again. I've been up since 4 a.m. this morning, <laughs> <laughs> and it is uh, almost 9 o'clock here at my time, so it, it's fun. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll be uh, I'll be really good this episode, or really terrible. Well, we shall see. But uh, no, it's, uh, you know, when we did uh, the Flash, uh, you know, rewatch of season one that we're still working on, uh, I was... That was one of the, the two Pied Piper episodes, uh, were some of the episodes I was looking forward to watching the most. Um, you know, it's, I, I haven't understood why the CW hasn't, uh, used him more considering that he's been like, or he's a really important character for both not only just the Flash, but also in DC Comics in general, because he was one of the first openly gay characters and, uh, was at first a villain, but then, you know, he kind of switched sides and became a hero in a sense and helped the flash and would go undercover on the rogues to try to help the flash, uh, take them down. And he was the, I think it was, well, it was Wally West that he was friends with. And, uh, at first, uh, when he was the flash, but, uh, he was the first person that, uh, uh, you know, Wally was the first person that Pied Piper told, you know, about, uh, his new lifestyle. And so, you know, considering, you know, the CW has been very, you know, diverse in everything, you would think that that would make him a prime candidate for being one of the, um, Star Labs people. Yeah, you would have thought. And they kind of, and he has, and, and what I don't understand too, especially looking back at those episodes is they set him up to seem like he would be a more, like a reoccurring character. And then after the really great, um, season two episode where they, uh, where the Flash, time travels back to the, that episode it uh we haven't seen him and now granted we we know that he and the flash were on better terms at the end of that although that changed with crisis but you could have done so much with uh you know having him make you know appear you know an episode or two 
you know, he doesn't have to be a regular, but and per se, but I, I mean, I think that would be to the show's uh, benefit because I think, I think he, uh, based on, especially tonight's episode, he gels pretty well with that, uh, uh, cast. And you could imagine, could like, could you imagine an episode of like a, a side adventure with Ralph and, uh, and Hartley having to do something together? Yep. It would very well, very much run, I think, like the Cisco Ralph adventures do. I mean, they're not the same character, of course, but there's a lot of the same personality there. Mm-hmm. And he brings out something really different in Cisco, you know, an antagonism. And, you know, you could easily make it a great storyline of a begrudging respect, kind of like uh, what they did with um, uh, Tom, uh, blanking on the last name, you know, Malfoy's character in season three. Right. And kind of stretch that out. Um, and and I, I really hope that this isn't a one and done for Hartley. I hope they use this moment to readjust that story and to, to do something different with it and actually use him. Me too, because, I mean, you're absolutely right. The way they played it out at the end of his original two-story, two-episode arc, he was still a villain, and he got away, and then we never see him again till the Flash time travels to that episode, and that's where they pull the whole comic book thing where he becomes good at the end. And then we don't see him till this. And now he's evil again. Well, at first. Well, yeah. Um, and they basically re- uh, redo the entire three episodes in one. Right. And you know what? Even though it's retreading the same ground, kind of, in terms of themes, although, you know, now they're trying to, you know, save Hartley's boyfriend and and everything. And... Even though, you know, it, they had enough distance to it, though, that it wasn't annoying. Like, uh, you know, some episodes can be where the, right. know, the Flash loses his powers. Um, and, and I have to say, like, the, the stuff with Hartley is the episode's strongest uh, material. It is, definitely. But uh, as well played as it was, there, there ain't too much to talk about about it. It was well played. It was good material. They got the origin story reworked for the new post-crisis universe that everybody's living in, in the, in the, in, the, in that universe. And well done. Good job. Although I kind of find it a little, thinking about it now, based on his personality, I find it difficult to believe that Hartley would have a, a crew of henchmen, uh, working for him. I could see maybe one person, but like his boyfriend, but to have like a crew of bumbling, uh, henchmen, you know, working for him. To me, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't seem to fit his personality. Uh, I mean, he's, I mean, I guess I could see it in one sense with him being, you know, really smart and kind of, you know, developing a little bit of a loyal following that way. But, you know, given that he's loves cutting people down and talking down to them, that does not uh, ingratiate yourself with, um, with, uh, with uh, henchmen. Yeah, I can see your point. But, but I get it. I, I get why they had to tell the story that way. Yeah, because a big part of his other storyline in the in the old timeline was he was uh, ousted by his parents because he was gay at first, and then by the end of the time travel episode, he was on good terms with his parents and Team Flash and still gay. But uh, even at the end of that, you still see a bit of the rough, non personable Hartley. Right, uh, but the they do a nice job of humanizing him. They do. They absolutely they, do. They show that he's not just a, a cruel, heartless villain. 
and that he can be reasoned with, which I really like. You know, he has his own wants and his own, you know, agenda. But, you know, if you're you're willing to help him out and he sees that what you're trying to do is reasonable, then, I, you know, then he'll work with you, which I, I really like. It, they did that a little bit with Snart, uh, but I, obviously Snart was definitely more of a, you know, a wild card than, than Hartley is. Uh, although, you know, Hartley can certainly act on his own. You know, I think True. you're more likely to reason with with him than, than you would a snart until until legends happened. True enough. True enough. Until legends happened. But, you know, Hartley was essential to fixing the problem for this particular episode. Mm-hmm. As we are once again dealing with Godspeed and Flash losing his powers, they figured out a way to combine the sound. That was all part of the... Uh, all part of the backstory, where the idea came from, how they defeated Godspeed running around looking for velocity. Now, just a little side jaunt here. I when I when I first heard him asking for velocity, I thought he was referring to the drug Velocity Ten or Velocity Nine. But it seems he was actually referring to the Speedsters' speed, their actual velocity. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to have to do a lot with Godspeed. I think there there's a longer game going with Godspeed. Um, but, but as for right now, I, I mean, there were some moments where he looked pretty cool. Like when he was oh, yeah. about ready to, uh, and he, his costume's interesting, but, um, and, and I think though they will get to it. I think, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, we're, we're leading to like, uh, at least a long storyline with him. And, and actually I think that's pretty cool, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, we would probably have seen a lot more Godspeed this round if, covid hadn't happened i mean we're pretty sure based on what we're seeing on the internet that next week's episode is going to be the finale because it's going to end the mirror mistress mirror master whatever you want to call her story arc and there were to be at least three more episodes after that in which i think we probably would have got the end of the godspeed arc too well wasn't there before because doesn't uh, didn't it go up to 23 or just getting 19 22 okay Okay, but e- either way, we would have still got more of it because the way the the way the Godspeed ended out, you know, they were saying, you know, he who sent me wants infinite velocity, which meaning this Godspeed, like the other four, were not the real one, or at the very least, not the threat per se. Right, right. And you know what? If this kept us from having another Eobard as the final villain for the season, uh, thing, uh. I think that's probably for the best because a, a little Eobard goes a, a long way. Yeah, we had enough Eobard in this particular season, given uh, how he was put in. Although, when uh, things were being done with Godspeed and they they teased out that he's not necessarily the one in this this episode was not necessarily the big bad for the episode per se. Well, the person behind it. First thing I typed down in my notes: Godspeed equals Eobard. Question mark? Yeah, it's a it's a good question because they've already done Barry as a, the villain speedster storyline, so it can't be him. Or can it? Could we have a situation where Earth ninety Barry Allen's coming back as a villain? <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> if I called I, that in that joke, I'm going to be flabbergasted. I mean, the Savitar story had its issues. Um, I do think the Dark Barry, at least. You know, Dark Barry was interesting, 
and and I was okay with how it played out, but um, you know that that was wasn't one of the better seasons. I, Zoom was better, at least to me. I'm not sure how I feel about those two, but uh, doesn't matter really. Yeah, I mean they neither hold a candle to Eobard for sure. No, definitely not. But it, but at least I, to Zoom's credit, Zoom had a really nice sense of menace behind him. Um, Definitely. I, when um, you know, when Zoom Zoom finally revealed himself and you know was uh, was doing his things, um, I at times I think he was you know definitely scarier than a uh, cicada. But poor cicada, it was just a matter of doing the same trick too many times. Yeah, to the point where it was just throws a dagger down and you're just like seen it, been here, done that, got the T-shirt. We don't need to see it anymore. Move on. Right. Ugh. I don't think I could watch that season again. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame because the excess stuff was pretty good, but uh I you can only do the whole losing powers thing so so many times. Although at least to their credit, they at least found interesting and unique ways to fight Cicada when uh, you know, together without their powers. Um yeah, I mean with this episode it's one of those where it's like I I did really enjoy it. Yes, very. It was a very I enjoyable mean, episode. I wouldn't give it an A, but you know, all all the stuff with with Hartley was excellent. Uh, I did really like their team up at the end. And again, like I said, I think his dynamic. You know, like just imagine him. You know, being arrogant and and talking off to uh, and mouthing off to uh, to Killer Frost. Like that's uh, again, like CW do this like you have you know we need some more interesting characters to to put in there and you know you have chester coming up and chester's fine like i like his enthusiasm but in a way he's kind of like a cisco light and then and then we have allegra and again poor poor allegra like if there's someone that's really suffered this season it's definitely her. Yeah, she's right there with Wells, not getting the character development that she needs to become a season regular. Right. I think what would have done her a lot more good is for her to have been the one to figure out that everyone, uh, that um, Iris and Camilla uh, were the were not uh, the real ones. I, I think that could have been, and then her, you know, kind of, you know, slipping it to the others that uh, that there's something off here instead of just doing end of the episode kind of like comments like with Wally. Right. I think if you had done that and then had her kind of do her own, like, cause she wanted to be an investigative journalist, like put, you know, now is if, since once you real, you could have easily have told the story of her wanting to, you know, investigate more with, uh, with Carver and have mirror Iris, you know, try to put her off of that storyline and then have her kind of dig dig a bit into everything on her own and and heck you could even have her turn to to nash even for like advice and help i think you you could have told that story oh definitely like and and if and if nash and this is why i hope they at least bring nash into next season and have him you know and not simply you know doing a different take on wells next season mm-hmm because because there's potential there with no, with uh, with Nash, but it's been wasted this season so far. And I I get that he was to be used for crisis, but now the crisis is over. 
now's the time to actually make him a character. Like when I saw Sherlock for the first time, I I was kind of like, really, this is what we're getting. And I like I took HR a bit more seriously than I did Sherlock at first. But they made Sherlock so endearing to the point where he's actually one of my favorite Wells. And I was not expecting that. But then, you know, we have Nash here and I know we, we kind of complain about him every episode, but it, and really this episode, you know, at least he was doing stuff and he was kind of developing more of a relationship with Cisco. But it, well, in terms of like, you know, they're still kind of at odds with each other. Well, Cisco's at odds with uh, Nash, but they, they really need to, to do more with him and, and carry him over into next season if they really want to justify him. Otherwise he's just kind of, a waste, which is unusual for this show. Yeah, especially with that character, which is always a Wells has always been a fan favorite, always mm-hmm. been. But uh, unfortunately, like we, we've said numerous times, this this Wells, and we're not the only ones saying it. I know the Flash TV talk guys are saying it too. This Wells has been wasted. Yes, and it didn't need to. You know, they have the pieces, but they've been played so poorly. Because even in this episode, he had some good moments. Aside from what he yeah. was doing with Cisco, he got to do a Papa Joe speech with uh, with Cisco and was done well. He was pretty much integral in helping to figure out with Cisco um, how to use the charged sound to uh, fix Pied Piper's boyfriend. And uh, we even seen him uh, get a chance to test out an invention of his, which we haven't seen before. So there was some development on Wells, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for this season anyway. It's just too little too late. So I'm in full agreement. And given what I've seen what I saw on IMBD just before uh you and I got to recording, and it, our listeners will know that I've mentioned numerous occasions the episode um that comes uh that was supposed to come after next week's um All's Wells that ends Wells, that's no longer on the IMBD, so I'm assuming it's no longer in the schedule, so I'm hoping that they're going to take that and just move it into next season. So we'll figure out what that was all about and that uh, we will get some good development on him next season because we need something. And having a Wells around when we got this whole Godspeed, not Godspeed thing going on, they're going to need somebody like that. They're going to need a Wells. Right. Uh, And again, Allegra just kind of felt like she was there. Yeah, it was, she was in a lot of stuff, and, and 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 basically the list goes like this: and Allegra and Killer Frost. No, not Killer Frost. She was her her storyline with Ralph, which we haven't talked about yet, was except briefly, was pretty good. But basically, I felt like to me, Iris West Allen, Camilla, Allegra, also in this episode. Oh, and Joe West <laughs> also in this episode. I know. I almost forgot that he was in this episode. It's because he was in it for like three minutes at the very beginning, and that was the end of it. Basically, Barry and him talking about how they missed the whole thing with Iris. Uh, well, why don't we take a look at, uh, like, well, there was the Killer Frost uh, Ralph storyline, which. It was pretty um, basic, but it had it had its moments. I mean, he was telling her um, to basically uh, in the first part of the episode to basically get get uh, get over herself because mm-hmm. she's not feeling like they, that light bullet thing. That's a definite problem. And uh, they um. The problem I'm finding with the back half of the season, especially right now, and this is definitely nobody's fault, is we're getting a lot of setup here for stuff that was probably supposed to happen this season, which is now not going to happen until next season because of COVID. Because they're supposed to be bringing in Kate's mom, and I really don't think it's going to happen. 
at, at this season anyway. And that, that's my biggest complaint right now. And it's nobody's fault. Right. The, you can't blame the showrunners for that. But, uh, yeah, like, I mean, she got her diploma from the Ralph Dibney Life Coach College. That was that was pretty awesome. Yes, and th- that's basically this. That was basically the the development storyline for them. And it was it was it was short. It was not much, not enough to warrant the also in this episode joke. There was, was certainly more for them. Yeah, but it didn't need to be any more than that. It was a very well contained little story arc. Yeah, oh, it, was, and, it was a mini episode. To, yeah, jumping back to Allegra, I had to laugh too at the end of the episode when um, Cisco was like, "Yes, I know. I'll go to Atlantis for uh, for an answer." And Allegra was like, I'll go with you. And Barry was like, no, I need you here. And she was like, okay. I missed that. But um, I was watching the episode while trying to watch my kids and keep them quiet for my wife so she could do her work. So I'll just have to go back and rewatch. It's really funny. And it's just like, really? You're going to, you could have had, you could have given her something there, but, uh, but no, you had to take that away from her. Yeah. this whole, Cisco wanting to build a perpetual motion machine. Seriously. That is insanity in its in and of itself. But then, you know, bringing in, we need to go to Atlantis to get the part I need. I'm sitting there going, when when that was said, the first the, the thing I typed in, and this is the only part of the, this particular thing I typed in, was Atlantis equals Legends. It feels very Legends of Tomorrow-y. Yes. Well, we know that Aquaman exists in this universe, uh, and it has existed, in, like, in, in some way, because Barry talked about him either in season one or season two. Yeah. And plus we know that at the very least they did with the uh, Ezra Miller appearance, did try to tie in the DC movie universe into this. So we, we do have a foundation for it from there at the very least for the Atlantis tie in. So when they're going to Atlantis, I'm assuming we're going to see somebody playing Aquaman or one of the characters from the Aquaman comic line Mm -hmm. soon. Maybe we'll get in a live action Aqualad. Or Lagoon Boy for uh, Young Justice fans. Although I don't think many Young Justice fans were a big fan of uh, Lagoon Boy. I watched the first two seasons of Young Justice. I don't. He was the creature of the Black Lagoon looking guy. He was the love interest for uh, Miss Martian for season two. Uh, he said Neptune's beard a lot. I, I'm gone. I don't know. Don't remember. <laughs> I thought uh, it was Aqualad the whole time. Uh, no. I mean, he was in parts of uh of the show but uh it was it was more uh oh no wait i, I know which aqualad you're referring to then because uh, they had both aqualads there the the new one and the old one yeah i was talking about the new one it'd be cool if they brought him in i mean it would fit with um you know it, it gives them a chance to you know add in some more diversity again yep so i could see that but anyway overall i say this was a fun episode not necessarily the best of the season not necessarily the worst. Oh, did we? We forgot to talk about Iris and uh, Camilla. It's because, I mean, for me, it was, okay, so now you're finally, after five episodes, looking somewhere other than McCullough Technologies. You're finally getting out now that she's gone. But that whole, okay, we found Camilla. We have to find Captain Singh. It was seemed in, inconsequential to me. Yeah, but I do like the fact that when Iris first made her appearance that uh, Camilla... <laughs> grabbed the box cutter and tried to defend herself. Uh, so there was some nice continuity there. Yeah, true, because the last time Camilla saw Ann Iris, she got shot with a mirror gun. But beyond that, I really didn't think it was consequential to the episode at all. It could have been left out. You could have tagged that on right. to any episode. That could have right. been done at the beginning of next episode, which, based on the title, should end the arc. Well, what I liked it 
about this episode uh, with Iris was the fact that it's going more into the fact that the mirror world is changing her. And uh, I thought that that was interesting, at least, and that she's picking up some of the same uh, mannerisms as Ava. Yeah, but if you noticed, she was picking those mannerisms up last episode, too, because she was starting True. to scratch then when she figured out she could start reading the reading the stuff. Yeah. Again, it's the arm. I mean, I know that it's a nervous tick, but I would imagine that everyone kind of has a, a different type of nervous tick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how they're going to explain that one. If it's just, you know, something to do with the OMG science explanation that we were given during the episode that I can't remember. But I'm assuming that in my head anyway, that the arm scratching thing has something to do specifically with the type of change that took place in Eva and is taking place in Iris currently. Maybe it has something to do with the skin. Like, uh, and that something might happen to Iris once she leaves the the mirror universe. Uh, like how uh, when Ava, you know, put her arms through and it burned her. Could be. And there's also the fact that we did see Eva this episode. Oh yeah, Eva McCulloch also in this episode. Cameo though. Yeah, that's why the also. <laughs> we did see her coming out of this machine thingamajigger. So yeah. Interesting to find I out have, what that's all about. As excited as I am to see if Iris gets out of the mirror next episode. I have to say I'm really excited for some more passive-aggressive banter between Ava and uh, Joseph Carver. I really hope that we get some nice dialogue between the two of them. That's all nice and uh, and I hope so. I mean, other. they've done such a great job working that in to the whole season. Yeah, you know, I, I have to say, I, I think Carver has been a little bit wasted because in, in some ways he's kind of, he's pretty interesting. I mean, he's your average kind of like mustache twirling villain uh, with a lot of money. But for all the faults of this season, I think that the best twist or best reveal that they had was the fact that Joseph knew where his wife was yes. and uh, that they had a, a very uh, um, antagonistic relationship to each other with that. And uh, that was, that was played very well. So, so kudos, you know, you have to give credit where credit is due. And that's, uh, and so I'm, I really hope that the writers just, you know, pile that on and, uh, and play around with it because I love it. Yeah, it's great. It reminds, honestly, it, the the banter sometimes when they when they were doing it sometimes reminded me of some of the stuff that goes on between me and my wife in regards to back and forth. And I'm not talking necessarily passive aggressive or you know in the middle of a an argument or something like that. I'm just talking about like we banter back and forth like that all the time. Right. So it, uh, so that's actually the thing I'm I'm looking forward to the most. You know, I Atlantis. Okay, let's see how that looks. More Ava and Joseph. Yes, please. Yeah, definitely. Just, I would I would actually be okay with an episode of all just flashbacks of the two of each other just interacting with each other. Oh, even better. Even better. When they put them in jail, they can give them adjoining jail, jail cells across the hall so they can continue to banner at each other every time we see them. Yes, I love it. But given that, uh, that takes care of everything that I noted for this episode. I'm pretty sure you said you didn't have many notes either. No, you know, it was just... Uh, the stuff with, you know, the Pied Piper was great. Everything else about it was kind of just average, you know, it's not bad, but you know, other than poor Allegra, um, but you know, I enjoyed watching it. Me too. Well, given that, I think we'll just call it here. And if you guys have noticed the episodes are definitely being a lot shorter than they used to be, the reasoning for that is Greg's new job. 
He has to get up early, so we have to be as quick as possible doing these episodes. Unfortunately. So we're going to call it here. We got everything in that we uh, wanted to get in. So if you want to follow us throughout the week, you can always find me on Twitter at DRAllen201. The show is at Barry V. Eobard. You can always email us at reverseflashtime at gmail.com. And as always, you want to find the website, check the description. Greg, where can they find you? Uh, well, I used to tweet, and uh, my uh, Twitter handle for the, where you can see the things that I used to talk about before I, I started my awful job is uh, Greg Zorz at G-R-E-G-Z-O-R-Z, and that's where you can read what I thought about in the past in happier times. And with that, we will see you all next week. Talk to you later. Speed Force, a Maple City Media production.